Hello and welcome to the DMs Book Club, a weekly book club podcast where we talk about some Dungeons and Dragons and discuss how we might include them in our role playing campaigns. It's us again. We're back. Liz, we are yeah, back. We are yeah. back. I mean, we've we've been back for a few episodes, but just in general, my name is Fiona, and with me, as always, is Hamilton. Hello, Hamilton. Hello, Fiona. How are you? I'm good. Well, we saw each other fairly recently in we person. Did. In yeah. the flesh, which was really fun. In the big smoke, as in it's known. In the big smoke, yes. Yeah. yeah. That was really fun. Got some minis together, which is we lovely. We did. I know. I've got my, I got some Modrons and Duodrone and some Dwarven Wizards. What did you get? I got a Nosferatu, some little Nosferatu for my Curse of Strahd campaign. And what's the other thing I got? I've put them away, typically. You got some uh, Winter and Summer Eladrin, didn't you? That was it. The Eladrin, yeah. I really yeah. like the Eladrin, but I, I was looking mm. at them after we bought them. And yeah. I was like, oh, there's so many details. <laughs> but that's good. I need the practice. I need the practice. What I have got on order coming today is 160% uh, increased glasses. Oh. Because I'm a nerd and I want to buff my glasses and be able to actually see the details in minis. In hands. Yeah, in hands. I was watching, there's a very famous painter in the Warhammer world called Richard Gray. Mm. Now, if you want to watch someone who is ridiculously talented and make you feel work bad about anything you've ever tried to paint it's worth watching any of his stuff i recommend it he does like he's golden demon do you know golden demon i've heard of them yeah it's like the awards for this warhammer's awards for like best painters uh, mini painters and he's won the thing called the slayer sword which is like not only do you win the golden demon but you have like slain all the competition you are the best you like oh, wow. you win your category and then you win all the categories you know what i mean so you've won the category and then won you won everything. And he's got two of them. That's so... Well, he's got two of them, so he's definitely won. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. Yeah. That's so cool. I guess because only in Warhammer would you have names like that rather than like yeah. Watercolor Artist of the Year. <laughs> or if you like, say, no, the, the, what was it? What did you say? The Golden Slayer, Orc? Golden Demon. Golden, Golden Demon. Demon. Yeah. yeah. And the Slayer and then Sword. Slayer Sword. Yeah. I feels, it feels very WWE, doesn't it? Like, yeah, well, I mean, that's what it should be. And I mean, to be fair, I would love if architectural, architectural awards were like that. Not the... Sterling Prize, which is kind of a cool name, but if it was like the Sterling Sword of Awesomeness or something like that, <laughs> uh, I don't know. We don't get we don't get anything like that. Like in, the Windy Temple Award, like the Ooh. Golden Temple. <laughs> yeah, just something something like a, a color and an adjective and yeah. like awesome at the end. Yeah, we don't get that in higher education or e-learning. We've got something that I'm supposed to be doing called the Shine application, mm-hmm. which is supposed to be like excellence. You know, I hate it. Um, yeah, it just I makes t- you think of that, 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 um, oh, what was that hymn we used to sing at school? Shine, shine Jesus, shine. shine. Yeah, it Let feels. the world filled with hope and, oh my gosh, that's in there. That's yeah, in there. there you go. Is it, um, this is well off topic, but, uh, so the UK comedian Jason Manford, he did like a, like a album of, yeah. uh, assembly hymns like bangers oh, right. uh, for, for charity so they had like so he would go out and remix those songs jerusalem shine yeah. um, uh Hosanna. i am the lord of the dance yeah oh i'm the lord of the dance said he yeah it was for charity but i did think to myself god that's an easy that's anyone that's an could have win. done that and that's really yeah, annoying. Exactly. <laughs> speaking of nothing to do with those things <laughs> How was it? I didn't know. I was not expecting this conversation to no, go. No, we never know how we start these episodes. There's no, always our little chitty chat, isn't it? So, Hamilton, what are we talking about today? What is our topic of choice? We are talking about the hunt for the Thessalydra, which is the Stranger Things, Wizard of the Coast crossover event. Mm, yes, the collaboration, this sort of starter set, yeah. which sort of came out in 2017 when 
Stranger Things, I didn't realize Stranger Things has been out that long. It feels like it's just been around forever, but also a very short time. It was basically a promotional sort of thing, trying to get people in, uh, similar to how we've done the Rick and Morty uh, sort of starter set. And they've got the the other ones as well. But yeah, this one was specifically like, let's get Stranger Things fans into D and D because it was because obviously Stranger Things is it uses draws a lot of inspiration from eighties D and D. Yeah, and I think it was a there was a critical mass at the same time, but I think it was a big progenitor of the the, the new wave of D and D fans really came mm-hmm. through Stranger Things. I think like everyone's sort of focused on that as as one of the key ones. I can't remember what the other ones now. There were so many other things at the same think, time. Well, but... but it felt it felt like that in the TV like TV. Yeah. This is all oh, that is D and D because obviously we've had yeah. stuff like we've mentioned like the community episode yeah. where it's about D and D. Obviously we've got lots of actual play shows as well. There's always like yeah. a D and D or a role play episode or a larping episode that gets put out there. But this was like oh no, even yeah. from the big very like beginning. Big Bang Theory as well played big, it. Ba- of course, but Big Bang Theory. Yeah. It made it cooler. Stranger Things. I think that was the thing, wasn't it? It was it was nerds playing it like it, they yeah. always are. But it, but I think it just um, the fact that the the story as you said like is. Is using D and D characters every episode. Every mm. series has been a new D and D character as the yeah. like the main, the main one. Well, well, this is the thing. It's it's because it really it's a science fiction show, mm. Strange Things. Yeah. And the way I I sort of interpret it is that because it's about kids dealing with these things. It's very Tales from the Loop, kids on mm. bikes uh, yeah. RPG system, right? But the yeah. way they go, how do we comprehend what is happening to us? We use D and D monsters, so of course the Demigorgon was like in the first one. Yeah, the Mind Flayer. Can't remember what the third one was. That was, was in both, really. Yeah, Mind Flayer was, was both series. That was it. Yeah, and then obviously now uh, Vecna in the in the probably the final two series because there's one more series that's yet to come out. But yeah. it's really interesting because at first they didn't really. It was sort of like flavorsome from it, and then they were like, "Fuck it, let's just go straight into yeah. doing these D things." Certainly now in the series four, which is out as well. But like, what's your take on Stranger Things in general? Are you a big fan of it yourself? Are you like, I yeah. know you're watching currently. After we talked about this, you're now watching well, season four. Yeah, see, like, I yeah, every time a new season came out, I'd watch them immediately. Mm. And actually, I'd be even more than that. I would rewatch from the beginning all the way through to wow. then, so that it would start like around the time that the season was coming out. And then the fourth one came out, and I saw all of the like, it's D and D themed it's very heavily D&D everyone was talking about it and Fiona what that does to me is it makes me go in a box and not want to watch it yeah because (laughs) I don't know it's I don't know what it is in me I just like it's too much pressure on it I think like to like it and yeah it becomes such a daunting task to even start and I don't know why Mm. it's like me it's the same feeling I get when I have to edit things Mm. I don't know why it's like I don't want to be disappointed by what I'm going to yeah. see. And I think mm. that's just a, it's a fear thing. So I've started it and I've loved the first episode so far, obviously, as I knew I would anyway, deep down. But um, I'm, I'm much happier watching it now without everyone's emotions around it. Emotions, opinions as well. Yeah. Because I think it's, it's, I had the same thing about Game of Thrones. But yeah. What I would do is that I would just literally go and shut myself off and watch several episodes. I'd say with uh, House of Dragon, Rings of Power. Yeah. I really enjoyed it when I watched it, but it got to a point where I think because the zeitgeist, the way obviously we are, you yeah, know, we we read Polygon, we read that yeah. and everyone's like, oh, look at all this stuff, and you're like, I want to enjoy it by myself, it, like, and, and maybe yeah. maybe that this is a feeling we have in some RPG communities as well that we're like, oh no, there's lots of people talking about it, but I just want to talk about it with my friends and, and just enjoy it for what it is and exactly not not have critiques and reviews about it saying like, oh, it's not as good as this, etc. Um, and I felt the same way about the D and D movie. I had to go see it. 
and then yeah. I could read all the stuff about it and then not have the pressure to go and see it with all the, the things the, in the, your head. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But for me, when I because I watched it when it first came out, we had a wedding we were going to, mm-hmm. and the night before. Uh, the first episode or, or the first part of the book so they do it in parts I seem to remember yeah. so we stayed up late to watch it because I will say season 4 they are long episodes they're like feature length films Whoa. yeah yeah. everyone's this first one's an hour 15 and I mean it the first so far feels like it was necessary like it gives mm-hmm. they need to I mean for a first episode it's kind of a classic thing even in the olden days olden days like when you would have the first season episode would always be like a two-parter wouldn't it mm. but it seems like this is every episode it's like yeah. that length Again, I don't want to. I don't want to be that person that now puts you off from watching it. But again, each episode goes on to a point where it is. I think one of the final episodes is like two and a bit hours. Yeah, I know. I've seen that. Yeah. And I, and the thing is, though, for me, when I was watching it, it's like, it kind of makes sense. But I had to have a break halfway through. I'm an old lady. I and I think and the same with like I remember when Return of the King came out in cinemas, mm. and I went to see it like as a special screening. Yeah, an intermission. This and that's not like and I know they used to do that in the olden days. I say like seventy. It's yeah. however many years ago. But I'm just like. I get it, but we don't. Mm-hmm. We, this is not the way we consume media anymore. Like there could be a, like easily could have been a quick break. I feel, I feel certainly for that two-hour one, particularly with a streaming thing. Like, I, but then again, I don't know. You pause it where you are, or or people do the 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 not illegal thing, but the unspoken thing of times two speed through. Um, are you doing? I wouldn't that do that with ways? a TV show. No, I wouldn't do it. What would David Lynch say to us? I'm already oh, watching it on a TV and not in a cinema. Let alone, let alone two times speed. David Lynch, famous famous DMBC listener. <laughs> he's always That's listening him. he's always listening just like Grant just just like Grant is even though he's not into D&D I like how we said Grant Howard is in this shop when we were in a shop with someone that we knew in another Discord community I so know I, I know how weird was that I think I saw them I think I, I saw them discussing something everyone's connected in the role playing community somewhere somehow anyway but yeah it's really good and I am looking forward to um, listening to Master of the Prophets because that is one of my favourite uh, songs to drum along to and obviously, I love. I've always been a fan of Kate Bush. I mean, Kate Bush is one of my big oh, pop faves. Surprise, yeah. surprise. Yeah, and I was like, whenever when that song was coming out, there were people like going, "Oh, you don't know Kate Bush." Uh, oh, I like, know. I was like, no, people love Kate Bush again. Yay, she's yeah. amazing. Can we get her out of the wherever she's hiding and get her back again? Because there wasn't isn't enough Kate Bush in our life. Absolutely. Well, it's, it's kind of interesting because obviously now we have films like Guardians of the Galaxy or mm. that have a curated soundtrack. Mm. Yeah, uh, that people are like, oh god, and people are discovering it for the first time. Like there was, and also there was an article in the Guardian ages ago about people discovering music through playing video games, so like yeah. racing games stuff, and they had the whole track list, and they're like, this was the sa- the sound of my childhood through playing these games because I wasn't a music nerd. Well, like oh. Tony Hawk's uh, is a classic example exactly. of that. I mean, like I the and and I love there was a really great little mini documentary about the people who made the music on that first episode album when they were making the remake. Mm. Um, and they got loads of them back and some of my favourite bands came out of that and GTA Grand Theft Auto Vice City was such an incredible like 80s soundtrack like Mm. that got me into so many more I was already into like hard rock music but it got me into the sort of new new romantics music that had been I guess pillarized for the last 10 like the 90s and noughties everyone was like "Eh, 80s music was so crap and then literally that album came out and it was like then that's when you started getting the 80s revival bands <laughs> coming out in like the, I don't know, like the future heads, but also like VHS or Beta and all mm-hmm. those sorts of people. So this is the thing, like, I, again, for those people who are like, what is Stranger Things? Not sure. I do highly recommend it. Who as... are these people? I know. <laughs> who I, are it's, you? Of, it's like, <laughs> have you seen Game of Thrones? You know, that sort of, I, do I haven't actually seen thing. Game of Thrones, but I do know of it because I don't have yeah. skies. I don't have the oh, skies. Oh, well, that's true, isn't it? So, and yeah, I'm not uh, an illegal. Oh, who is? 
Uh, anyway, <laughs> no one saw, no one saw. Um, audio only podcast. But yeah, so I would highly recommend checking out at least the first series on Netflix yeah. because ultimately at its heart, in case you haven't seen Strange Things, it's about a group of pre-teens that then become teens, obviously throughout the whole story, about being affected in their small town of Hawkins. And it's not, it's also about, you know, the big things happening. It's obviously politics and all that sort of thing, but also the sci-fi, but also about the relationships between kids and how do they yeah. deal with these sort of things and how do they come up against big organizations how they're going to save their friends when you, and you think all the odds are against them and stuff and it's some really good sci-fi the music as we've said it's great mm. and it just there's a lot of i think really emotional tensions and stuff certainly again there may be minor spoilers but talking yeah. about like hopper for example the character of hopper this police yeah. chief that goes from sort of a, a bumbling sort of person who becomes a dad who yeah. then dies you know and it's just like it's just a whole arc that everyone was invested in yeah it, you know, so I, I would say the writing is incredibly good, and obviously the two main writers, as it, the Duffer Brothers, yeah. they played D and D. They they fully immersed themselves yeah. in this thing to the point where there's now going to be a stage show of what happens in Strange Things, like a spin-off one in London, I think next year. You said uh, this, yeah, it's yeah. Um, cool. And again, I don't know too much about it, and I'm not going to say too much about it because I feel like it will be spoilers for you specifically, Hamilton. But yes, right. so it is a franchise that is sort of slowly expanding and using D&D as its sort of main theme and main yeah. sort of like if you like this you'll also like this and so that's where this starter set sort of comes in as a tie-in per se yeah I think what it does and, and I think a lot of people have said this so I'm not saying anything new but I think it picked up um, that first feeling when I watched E.T. the first yes. time you know that is what it is for me it's like E.T. for the modern era and all those sorts of like movies from that but anyway, yeah, it just captured that feeling of those 80s movies so well. But um, mm. not only does it theme it in the actual storyline, but I think the, the, yeah, everything is just so... That sort of really heartfelt mm. uh, interactions with people, a sense of innocence that, that those old movies had, and the sort of camaraderie and characterization is great. Yeah. I mean, like, my f okay, so you love this game, tag yourself. Yeah, yeah, okay. I do. It's my new favorite game. Don't tag yourself for Stranger Things. Oh, which character? And also had Winona Ryder in it again, which is a which, which for me is a, like a, you can add ten to any any score automatically. Absolutely. And the thing is, though, she obviously again, it's not like oh, there's Winona Ryder as a cameo. She becomes such a big character, and it is so like again goes through so many emotional rollercoasters as well. Like it's but getting her, it's like a big break again for her. It feels like, and I think yes. she should do more stuff because I know she went through a very difficult period, uh, mm -hmm. but like. She's a really incredible actor. And she's great. I think that it's a real shame that she's not in as more things than she, you know. I think, she, yeah, she's, she's a, having a bit of a, what's the word, renaissance? Uh, is that, is that re the Renaissance. <laughs> renaissance. A Matthew McConaissance and a Winna <laughs> Winona Renaissance. <laughs> I just think the point is she has always been a talented actor. And Agreed. It's a shame when someone who's talented doesn't get to do as much. Yeah, they don't. They, they, something happens that is maybe beyond their control and stuff. But yeah, yeah if I was going to tag myself, I yeah. think there's a there's a an ideal and there's a reality. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Let's do. I'll do that as well. Okay. Yeah, I've got that. Okay. My ideal is that I would be uh, Steve Harrington, <laughs> <laughs> who goes also through an arc, um, which yeah. is great. I love that in the first yeah. two series. But yeah. I think in reality, I am definitely a Dustin. <laughs> well, Fiona, Fiona, yeah. surprise, surprise. <laughs> My yeah. ideal is I'm Steve Harrington. <laughs> What are, what are you in reality? Probably, probably Mike, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what I think I probably am. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. I love, I love that. Everyone, I think everyone's idea is to be Steve Harrington. Even though Steve Harrington is the MVP, right? Like on the court, what off the court. 
<laughs> they, at one point, this could be a little bit of a spoiler, but at one point they did think about killing off his character and they were like, what? we can't. We can't. No. He's gone through a massive character change and yeah. now he is the the go-to dad. His first season arc and when he is with the with uh, Dustin in the car telling him how to do his hair, it's one of the like sweetest moments when he just goes, all right, what you do is you get this. And I was just like, that uh, yeah, one of the best characterizations. Yeah, it, and it, again, it's that sort of thing where you know the chemistry with the the people in the mm. cast. They clearly are really good friends and stuff. Yeah. and it just comes across. So anyway, we're talking about the TV show quite a bit to set up for the fact. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, my reason for why I'm Mike is that I was into D and D and then I pretended to be too cool to be into D and D, and then I got back into D and D. That's oh, why I'm really Mike because I'm like, I'm really a nerd, but I'm gonna. Pre- Pretend to not be a nerd because I got a girlfriend now, and then it's like, <laughs> actually, I love D and D. But yeah, let's look at the starter set. So in the starter set itself, um, you get this adventure called Hunt for mm. the Vessel Hydra, mm. which is sort of, I believe, when I was doing a little bit of research on this, it's supposed to be written. It's obviously written from the point of view of Mike Wheeler, so that character we just spoke about, about as if he's written it for or playing in a one shot with his friends. But it's supposed to be like a homage to eighties. D&D modules. Oh, yeah, it's by Mike, isn't it? Sorry, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it is by Mike. It's because there's a little picture at the front which says Will the Wise, where you think yeah. it's going to be Will Byers is writing it. No, it's Mike who is yeah. the dungeon master on it. Exactly, um, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's very confusing. Even I thought that was a bit confusing myself. But it's interesting because like, I think this is obviously pitched as an earlier season one because it's, it is written in a certain way going like, okay, here's some DM's vice to myself. Yeah. And it's obviously written as a sort of opening sort of like, here's what you do, etc. I do Good. think though, I feel like because Stranger Things, maybe maybe because I'm a, I'm an old person now, it's aimed at a slightly older audience. Yeah, having something like this where it feels like it's a child talking yeah. feels like it's aimed at a younger audience. And I just I don't know if it, there's a mismatch in terms of the points of view here. Because I, I was because again through that, this whole adventure, it's a short adventure itself. I was just a bit like I don't need the point of view per se myself, but I don't know if it was like oh we're gonna make it special. It's a stick, isn't it? And yeah. I think that you just have to do. I think that's the thing. They kind of stuck with it. I agree with you because it's like the story is very like dumbed down. Because <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> which is fine because it's what it's yeah. meant to be. It's meant to be explaining, but it explains D and D as it feels like it was when I was a kid. You know, yes. like that's how D and D was when it was just like okay. Uh, you are paladin. You are got sword. Go yeah. fight with big monster over there. Why is the monster here? I don't know. It just turned up. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. don't ask too many. Uh, Sir Tristan. Uh, yes, good person. Sends out yeah. with money. Yes. Yeah, don't exactly. ask too much questions. Yeah. Basically, this whole story is a mostly like a two-part dungeon crawl yeah. with a. It doesn't. Ha- it's a bit sort of light on the role-playing bits. Obviously, you do have it. So you are sent out. You're sort of a group of adventurers sent out by Sir Tristan who to go kill the uh, Thessal Hydra, which has been terrorizing the town. Yeah. And basically, you go from A to B, in B for a little bit, go to the Upside Down, ooh, what that mm-hmm. is, and then go uh, go to D, which is the lair, and then hopefully kill the Thessal Hydra um, with some flavor stuff in. Mm. Yeah, what did you what did you make of it overall? Was there, was there anything that stood out to you? I think it I think it covered all the the three pillars well enough. Like mm-hmm. you said, it does have a bit of role playing. You have the audience for Saint Tristan. You also get those opportunities to talk with the NPCs that it gives you along the way to help you. So it gives you the opportunity to learn the location of it through either communicating with these NPCs. But if you don't get enough out, you could just stumble upon the cave, mm. um, or you can do tracks and you can do all the testing. So there's bit of exploration there's not so much exploration but there's the 
dungeon crawling element of exploration. There's the role playing. You get to talk to the troglodyte uh, leader as well. Yep. And then you get combat. So I think it covers all the bases, mm-hmm. which I think is important. What do you think? I mean, well, cause I, I guess for your point of view, because you've read the Rick and Morty starter set at least. Oh, I guess that's a starter set. Yeah. yeah like, I feel like for this, because obviously it's inc- it is very, very short for what you get compared yeah. to the Rick and Morty, which felt quite fleshed out. Like lots of, the, the, obviously that too was a dungeon crawl, but it was like, 30 or so rooms. Do you think that's a starter set? Mm. I would just consider that like a, just a, like a one-shot adventure. Interesting, because it, well, it obviously comes with, uh, both of them come with pre-gen characters. Uh, I think it came, it came with like advice, obviously, hey, this was your first yeah. game running it. So I would I would suggest it was a starter set in my mind. But again, it's, uh, this for me, if you think about the starter sets in general that have been set up, we've got Lost Spans of Delver, which yeah. everyone has either played in or heard about. And it's now been expanded into a bigger setting because it is so popular. Mm. You have Dragon Spire Isle, I think it's yeah. called, and then Stormbreak as well. Those are the sort of. I don't of know free... which one I've got. I've got one. But I don't it know. says the D and D Essentials, which is that I guess a little bit like a D and D. I've got the Essentials kit. I think. Mm. What have I got the starter set? I can't remember. I can't remember. I can't see the box. I have to stand. I up. can't see the box. Starter set. I've got the starter set. I don't know what's in it. I've never looked. I literally got it so I could get the dice. I have way too many dice from starter sets now. I'm like, guys, just don't worry about it. I've got plenty yeah. of D6s. It's fine. For me, like, I guess comparing it to the Rick and Morty one, which I know mm. is different humor, different audience entirely, etc. But mm. also trying to get people in. I guess because the price of these things would have been about, uh, if it's a starter set one, maybe $25, $30, probably when it first came out. I feel there isn't too much with the Hes- Hydra, like you do 25.99 yeah and like you get your pre-gens you get this adventure stuff you, i guess the money would go on the two the two demigorgon minis that you would get with it if you're getting the physical copy but apart from that i don't think you get much to be honest with you like I, for me like obviously you, you said you got a bit of dungeon crawl a little bit of fighting yeah. and, stuff like that. and then you have this sort of I think the coolest bit of it is that in during the first dungeon when you're trying to find out where this vessel Hydra has gone um, it ends up in this sort of this uh, expanding labyrinth which you can roll for and do all the stuff in, which I think is very cool I quite yeah. like that and then you have like an interaction with the lost knight which is yeah. like oh this is the puzzle bit yes yeah, so some riddles is always a classic move as well so I'm classic. glad that they had that classic. yeah no and I, I quite liked it my, my issue with it Hamilton which I know sounds bonkers is that there's only two and really, a pattern is three. You need one more. I agree. I yeah. totally agree with that as well. I don't know I why they don't out. have it. It's, it seems bizarre because you do the the first one, which is like a, it's just like a, a physical puzzle. Like you're trying to catch up to him. He says something, and you're like, oh, I understand, and then you you do it. And then the second one is like an actual physical puzzle where you're putting in uh, yeah. statues that feels very much like like a crystal maze type thing. Oh heck, do you know a singer song of sixpence? Like, do you know? Oh, I did. I did, but I wouldn't have got it from the thing. So yeah, so this second riddle. Let's read it out. Uh, so you can solve my first riddle, and now you find the missing piece for my collection. He points to three shelves above a doorway and steps through, and it magically locks behind him. Very typical. Uh, but this, on the first two shelves, I have two small statues, and the third one only has one. On the first statue, you have a man with a crown and a bag of coins. Second shelf, a woman with a crown with a jar of honey. And then shelf three, a common woman wearing an apron and an empty space for a second statue. And there is a large table covered with small statues, including a cake, a pie, a spinning wheel, a basket of laundry, a plate uh, with a steak, a toy soldier, a sword, and 24 sculptures of crows. To me, I would switch it around. So, I mean, maybe depending on how, how difficult people find it, to have the pie and the, the sculptural crows. Because I feel that's more obvious than like, because that's, that's in the first verse. Because they open up the pie and then the crows come out, right? That's exactly. Right, yeah. That, and that's, yeah, baked in a pie. And also, I... 
blackbirds is a species of bird, right? So it goes like four and twenty blackbirds baked in a pie. Then yeah. blackbirds aren't crows. Yeah, no. Just why don't they have blackbirds? Maybe maybe it's just one of those like typos or something. Also, that's very, very nerdy of us to be like, well, actually, their crows are not, not blackbirds. I mean, I just, yeah, I just feel like I like the idea of like no, having I, statues I, and stuff. No, but I, I like it, yeah. I think you would, I think for me to make it a little bit more personalized, I would just write something myself, which I know is like... I was just getting triggered by the bloody Durst house again with the bloody Reva <laughs> statues. It always comes back to the Durst house. What the <laughs> fuck was that about, actually? Did, was there actually any clue to that or was it just you fuck about? And Remind me which bit it is that you're talking about. The room before you go into the water place to fight the... The oh, the sort of, of little crap. alcoves down beneath yeah. and underneath something. No, the, it means nothing. I knew it meant nothing. We were wasting, yeah, like it, taking this from there, moving this to here, like yeah. farting about, putting it on the column as of blood. As far as I remember, it's just stuff that you could take, and it's like a because it, the whole point of the Durst House in Castrol, which is slight spoilers, is that it's a fake cult, right? Yeah. So they're just they're just dragging down people there to murder them and show that they love Strad, etc. So all that sort of cultist stuff, they, it's all pretend. So, yeah, but there's, I will say for that particular room, there's a lot of alcoves and lots of things to play with. So you do, I can totally understand why people would be like, let's move around, let's see what happens, you know. We spent like a whole, like whole session. Just Especially because I think uh, there's a, there's definitely a gate. There's three right? columns and one of them's on fire and it's all a bit like very much like this is clearly like something you've got to do to open the gate to make That's it, it work. Yeah, because the gate is shut. So it totally makes sense that you'd be faffing around there when really you could just, just open the gate. Yeah. Yeah. Who knew we'd be back at the dead house so soon? Once you've managed to get through your the that you've solved these two puzzles by the knight. Yeah. The knight tells you, oh, the Thessal Hydra is using this this portal, this sort of uh, a pl- uh, sort of a plane ships or whatever to get to its actual there. But it goes through a place called the Upside Down. Ooh, what have we heard about that before? Oh, I don't. I don't know what that could be. <laughs> And that's when we get to, I feel like, the most interesting part of this because I know, I guess it's supposed to be like D&D first with a bit of flavouring of Stranger Things. Mm. Obviously, it then describes the Upside Down, this little Shadowfell uh, yeah. equivalent, essentially. I hope they go to the Shadowfell in the D&D uh, movies because they've been to, they're in Neverwinter and one mm. of the biggest, most famous places in the Shadowfell is Evernight, which is the mm. mirror version of it. And... Uh, I hope they do do that because I think it's it's been presented in Stranger Things. People will be aware of what it means. We do have a D and D TV show coming out. Maybe that's where they can explore stuff like that. If it's not necessarily the focus. Of- oh, I'd love that. Yeah. If they could do that one where they walk along the one we did, where there's the that was in Minx and Boo, where they walk along the tree the and branches. then they end up the branches yeah. end up in the. That was really cool. Going to the Upside Down in general, which I think is a cool place. You don't really spend that much time there because obviously it is just a um a traveling from A to B, yeah. but. More importantly, you got sort of like you get lost, you get stuck there with your band yeah. of adventurers, and then oh, thank God, the DMPC, the quest help appears as the proud princess. I wonder who that could be. Um, <laughs> there, shocked face. <laughs> were there ten others before her? Was she the eleventh in her line? Anyway, I kind of wish that she has some stats or anything like that because she's described as obviously you can't kill her, you can't do anything like because I guess. We yeah, all, but she's Lady all... of Pain. She's Lady of Pain. Like, you she's Lady of Pain. You don't stat Lady of Pain. Uh, that is true. Okay, she just turns enough. you to blood puddles and sends you to mazes. And this is what she does. I will, though, however, mm. thought these stats that they have given her are very useful for people who don't have stats because it actually mm. isn't a set way of doing that. And I was thinking, mm. when I'm, you're running the Lady of Pain, you're like, well, what do you do to people? And you just say, 
if she's system fire, they can only hit with a critical hit. Love that. And even then, she shrugs off whatever damage they do, and her attacks always hit them and deal 2d6 plus 6. I mean, that's a really great, like... Simple. Okay, Two lines. Simple couple of stats that I can now use now whenever I have a unkillable character. Like a deity or something. Mm-hmm. People are, if people are uh, fucking around and finding out, that's sort of thing. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think, yeah, so yeah, that idea that you can only hit her with a critical hit. Like, how how often does that happen? Like a 1 in 20 chance, right? <laughs> so... So, but she sort of gives them the way out. Yeah. She says, I'm on the hunt for something called the Demogorgon. Yeah. And it is attracted by blood. And so basically you need the monster's bl- bl- uh, blood on the sort of flower. And it mm-hmm. opens a portal. And then you have uh, a, a proper big fight with this Demogorgon, which has really cool stats, I think. Like it's a challenge for, again, I assume it is like slightly based on the sort of older uh, D&D stuff brought into fact. But, you know, it regenerates. Yeah, because the old Demogorgon looks like two-headed big beast mm. thing with like whippy hands and I, I do like how they've done it as like every time they're making like really the mind flare doesn't look anything like a yeah like, it does similar things and it has a little little leech thing that goes into your oh, ear and, yeah which is what a mind flare does but it doesn't like turn you into like, it does they're not you know it's always yeah. like yes it has different stats to the actual original demogorgon as well uh, remind me is that demogorgon you're looking at is that the demon one yeah, the huge thing. Yeah, so that, 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 that will kill them straight away. <laughs> That's a, that is an armor class 22, uh, 464 hit points, you know. Yeah. Damage rating of 26. Yeah, I've, those small children from Hawkins can probably handle it, I'm sure. Yeah, it can take two legendary actions, which is gaze, tail, plus 17 to hit. So roll a d20, plus 17. I, be, I feel like, though, I'm, a, I'm that sort of person that still rolls quite low, so I'd probably roll like a 2. And it will be like... They'll uh, get a 19, well, though. <laughs> yeah, but my players, they, they, they're they wise matrix. They go like, oh, my armor class is now 22 because of this, this, and this. And you're like, damn yeah. it. Okay, it's going to have to be debuffs. <laughs> That's all I'm going to have to do. It can stun you, confuse you, and hypnotize you. So you're charmed. And mm-hmm. it can also cast spells, detect magic, myage image, dispel magic, fear, telekinesis, feeble mind, project image, which aren't actually useful. They're all debuff spells. We're like, but, you know, like, you know, telekinesis is all right, but what the heck are you going to do with that? Project image is like, you confuse people. It's very confusing base. Mm. But when its tentacles do plus 70 hit and it can take two attacks. Yeah. It reduces your damage once you've been hit. If you fail, let's say, a fail, a DC 23 constitution save. Ooh. Imagine that. So you take, oh, so how much damage? You take 3d12 plus 9. So you take an average 28 damage. Okay, great. Uh, now roll me a constitution save. Oh, I rolled 21. That doesn't count. You now your hit points are now down by that amount. You'd be just Ooh, like, that's brutal. <laughs> that's that <sick>. is fun. <laughs> I wonder then, like looking at this, because obviously this is meant for level three characters. Maybe you could, if you were feeling it, level it up, level everyone up to level twenty, and then just make it the dungeon. Is that there's more troglodytes? You fight the demogorgon yeah. in the upside down, like have yeah. the actual stakes perhaps. Because yeah, compared to, compared to that, the one that we've got in the uh, Stranger Things, we've got it's a keen smell. It has advantage on wisdom, perception checks. Blood Frenzy, advantage on melee rolls against characters who don't have full hit points, and then regeneration itself, which is brutal. I've actually run this adventure very briefly for some sort of charity event, and they could not get past the regeneration. They were really struggling with it. Uh, so yeah, it regains 10 hit points at the start of each turn. If it takes acid or fire damage, it doesn't function to the start of the next turn. And mm. It only dies if it starts its turn on zero hit points and doesn't regenerate. So it has to be killed with fire. It has to be killed with acid. Also worth noting that it, it and the Thessalar both mm. appear in the Infernal Machine rebuild. Mm. 
yes, that's on. I've got that on D and D Beyond. That is like it was an extra life thing, I think. Yeah, the Infernal Machine of London the Mad. I never, I, I had a brief look at it. I love the cover of it because it's got a really mm. cool little art on it. But um, I've not, yeah, I've not actually played that. Have you read through it? Then? No, I've not. Well, it sounds like something for the next time, perhaps. If it's maybe, like, yeah, because it's quite. I think it might be quite short. As she says, touch wood, it might be quite short. I think it um, is. Yeah, if it's a, if it's an extra life thing, it usually quite is. Really? Yeah, I think I feel like it's a a remake of an older module as well. So once you've somehow managed to slay the Demogorgon, uh, put its blood on some flowers, they burst violently open, uh, and then you go through a cross plane at gate, and then you get to the lair of the Thessal Hydra, which seems quite straightforward in my view. There's some spiders, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a big pit you have to sort out, there's some more troglodytes. Uh, yeah. So there's actually quite a lot of fighting involved in this. Like It doesn't feel like there's a chance to rest rest at all. So yeah. you have to be a little bit careful if you're like, because you're only level three. There's an okra jelly, which could be a bite if you want it. And then finally, the Thessal Hydra at the end, which is sleeping to begin with. Um, so yeah. just don't be too loud, essentially. But that is a challenge racing for as well in this particular one. It's got acid saliva. It's got tail pincer. Legendary actions as well for a low level adventure. Well, I think that's kind of cool. Again, I can't remember which podcast or which actual play did it. I think it was Mark Humes on High Rollers who was like, I want to make boss fights more tense so they will have like boss actions as well, which are like legendary mm. actions, but they only get like one per round. So yeah. they could just interrupt that initiative order just to spice things up a bit. And I'm so I'm a massive fan of that. So yeah, this this particular Thessal Hydra in this adventure only has two legendary actions. And it says one legendary action can be used at one time and only at the end of another creature's turn, which makes sense. And then you've gained mm. them. So you can only use one of them. Challenge, was it challenge rating four? Four on in this, yeah, that one. Yeah, because uh, we were so- talking it before podcast, because obviously the Fessel Hydra comes from previous editions as well, and I just don't know what the uh, particular stats because I don't know if they're in... The new, in 5e. Well, it's a, yeah, it looks like, according to ForgottenRealms.Fandom.com, uh, it is a challenge rating 4, but if you go further back, third edition, challenge rating 15. Well, in the Infernal Machine rebuild, mm-hmm. it has, it's a challenge rating 4, again, yeah, the same. The same mm-hmm. as it is. It, Infernal Machine rebuild got... It's also got a Tarrasque in it, by the way, but it has what? both the Vessel Hydra and the and the Demogorgon. A pet Vessel Hydra, and then at the end, oh, by the way, a Tarrasque as well. There's an Oblet. There's a Doppelganger. Oh, my word. Hey, we've got to read this. We've got Incubus, Monculus, Hellhound, Bioelemental, Lizard Folk. That, that sounds Nightmare. like a, a meat grinder, to be honest with you. Pseudo Dragon. Let me look this up. Bone Golem. Shit. Uh, Umberhulk. Doesn't it say what um, level no of adventurers you need to be for it? Uh, uh time for five characters of fifth to tenth level. That's not that's at least a little bit higher than what I was expecting. Usually they're like third level for that's extra cool. stuff. Yeah. It's connected to the Lost Laboratory of Qualish as well. Yes, I've I haven't looked at that. That one definitely is a remake of a previous uh Gary Gygax uh, module, which I was gonna look at at some point. So there you go. Oh there you go, that's our that's our content meeting sorted. There we'll we'll look at those two yep. next. There we go. <laughs> Just to sort of finish off on the hunt for the Fessel Hydra, it is populated with images that are sort of drawn by uh, presumably uh, uh, Mike. Uh, presu- well, I assume Mike because he's the DM. Yeah, but Will's the artist though, isn't he? He is the artist. He Yeah, he plays the uh, wizard in the game, I think. He's doing some art, which is oh. obviously going to be meaningful at some point, I'm yes. imagining. Oh, yeah, yeah, in I'm the series four. Yeah. I have my theory is that it's... I've seen that that gif that's been done so many times when he's looking out the window and crying yeah, that I'm imagining it some sort of relational thing that he's having with is it Mike I guess he's sort of uh, lips are sealed I'm not spoiling yeah. it for you because it's, it's it's a good it's an interesting one for sure it's a really it's quite it's such, I mean that's the thing talking about back on like how good the story is just the 
character developments they're making outside of the games and stuff like that have been just so pretty incredible, really, aren't they? It's kind of yeah. So there you go. And um, what are your uh, final thoughts on uh, on it, Hamilton? This sort of quick adventure, essentially, the Castle Hydra. I think it's pretty good. I think if I was someone that had not played D anD D and I thought, oh, I've liked Stranger Things. This is this looks interesting. It's got the mm-hmm. old fashioned cover on it. Or if you were someone even who had played it back in the day and wanted to get back into it, I think it would give you that little. I think the little nostalgia hit from that cover of that box was quite cool. I like the thematicness of it because I'm a bit of a fan of things like um, secret cinema and stuff like that. I kind of like mm. those big experiential things. And I think that's kind of, I think it adds to it. I agree that it does make it feel childish, but it's trying to promote uh, a simpler version of the game, which I think is good for a starter set. And it gives you all the little bits that you probably need just to, to experience it. So that's my personal opinion. What about you? What do you think? I think because I always expect quite a lot from starter sets myself because yeah. I want them to get into the game. I feel like it's it's got the thematic stuff there, yeah. for sure. But I think compared to... I appreciate you've not read Lost Minds of Pandelva, but even the Rick and Morty one, obviously that that had a different sort of personality behind it. And that was a lot of yeah. fun for me as a as someone who is a GM, etc. I think there wasn't enough there, but I guess because they're just trying to get people in, this is what it's like, etc. Yeah. I would also say as well, but that Strange Things, as much as it takes inspiration from D&D, it isn't like an accurate, in quotation marks. If we're going to be those people yeah. like, well, actually... It's not like this, etc. Um, certainly in, in series four, what is they do do a games uh, at the beginning of one of the episodes and stuff, and it's like whatever. I know we do these things where we change it for actual players, but I yeah. I my I think my worry is that people will go my worry. Uh, my thing is that people would go and go. Well, this is not what they do in Stranger Things. This is not what they do on Critical Role, etc. And I just think for me as the DM, yeah, I know it says here is like you'll be fine. Just go. It doesn't matter. These are just examples. They're mm-hmm. not the law they're not something to follow through so yeah i get that i think that you would gain that if you found if you enjoyed this and you moved on you would find that wouldn't you if you weren't playing it so people are going to get angry about it yeah there's no point being angry about that because you know that's not the way they would do it well Mm. yeah but it's doing something different isn't it it's trying to get people into it i think i don't i wouldn't want to pay 25 dollars for this adventure if you see no no if i was if i was buying it as a pdf online i think 10 if I play D and D, there's no point. I don't think there's any point buying this game, unless yeah, this you def- absolutely yeah. love Stranger Things. I think if you're already playing D and D, you don't need this star set. Yeah, if you're already into D and D and you don't need this at all, like there's no, it doesn't add anything more to things. Unless like- you want that box physically and you like Stranger, you are collecting Stranger Things, or you really, really want to, yeah, really want to play it. That I don't, I would, yeah. I wouldn't recommend it to someone who's played D and D because I, I don't think you'll. Apart from the, the minor thing I said about there's some I like the, the way they've managed the labyrinth, I think it's cool mm. as well. And I yeah. think the way they've managed an unkillable NPC, interesting. Like I think for me, if I was gonna run it, I would definitely try and like up the levels a little bit. For for cause m- mostly because I'm I'm playing with people that usually have played yeah. D D or have seen it uh, in yeah. some capacity. So I think I wouldn't wanna it's not like a oh this is an introduction. It's like okay, this is like an actual. To be honest, thing. if I knew people who played D and D and you picked up on it earlier and wanted to play Stranger Things, I would go and get Tales from the Loop or Kids on Bikes yep. mm-hmm. and make an adventure based around that because they've already played D and D. Hey, come play this new game, and we will experience it. We'll be in Hawkins and we'll we'll fight the Mind Flayer and all sort of thing. You know, again, if you were not experienced, but if you were like really into doing it, like Die is always a good one where you're playing personas who then go into a cursed game. So you could be yeah. like, okay, you are playing kids who then go into D and D and then experiencing uh, uh, all the upside down world 
sort of thing. Or, exactly. Yeah. You know, try find Barb, all that sort of thing. So, oh, yeah. Barb. Oh, Barb. Oh, lest we forget. Justice for Barb. Oh, brilliant. Well, there you go. Thank you, Hamilton, yeah. for reading through the Hunt the Thessal Hydra. Oh, wow, I, it took me about 20 minutes. I know. I, that's that's I like, like a record for oh, us, isn't it? Oh, Fiona, what a dream. What, what a, a dream. choice. What a choice. Well, next time, obviously, if we choose the, the Lost Laboratory or the um, Infernal Machine Reboot. Why don't we start with Lost Lab and then go to Infernal Machine because they Let's do in. that. I think yeah. that would be really cool. Because, yeah, it'd be interesting to read more of these extra life stuff, which I'll put out yeah. for charity stuff and seeing, oh, what do you get more out of it? Do you, Would we prefer more stuff like that coming out regularly as a... More well, one. Extra Life has all has provided us with still our constant return favourite of Minx and Boo, and so yeah, I'm, I've true. got high hopes, to be honest. Where can we find you if you're on the internet? Is there any stuff you're coming up? What are your plans, etc.? You can find me on the internet as at the Dragon DM on Twitter. You can find me on now YouTube and uh, Instagram at Hazard Stripes, all one word. And I on Hazard Stripes, something that is going to come out hopefully today, which is Tuesday, the twentieth of June, a video of me painting. The character that I played, oh. I'm talking about them. I also shout out Fiona on that on that episode and what we do here because it's a bit of a like explanation of why what I do and I'm painting whilst I'm painting along. So you can see me paint my little character if you want to know how to paint a black orc corsair. But you can see me also play that character on Agile Play UK YouTube channel and Twitch stream playing a black orc corsair L Ira called Kyleri Tidebane. I'm all dressed up in... Dressed up for it. That's the more important thing. You're dressed up, uh, which looks fabulous. Like, I was like, Not as cool as Fiona's beard on the other one, though. I mean, but I could do a beard any time. I was like, well, Hamilton in, like, a long blonde wig. Like, oh, back back to... Back to the old days. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It was actually just... It's actually white. It is just pure white. It's a witcher wig, basically. A witcher wig. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I see. I think that we were talking about this before. I think I've now got to the habit of, like, I want to dress up for every stream I'm in, even if it's just a... It is quite to. fun. It's just sort of no one else. You can't go out like this, so might as well. Well, no, I think like fun. well, yeah, exactly. I think also I, uh, personally, I believe it really. If you're doing a visual medium, I think a bunch of people just sitting there, like in the t-shirt, going like, "Oh, Saint Tristan, the Paladin," is you know, get your bloody night suit on. What are you doing? <laughs> get your night suit on. Just get get like a little child's tabard. I, I put a bit. I just I don't know. Personally, I just think putting a bit of like. It, it gets you part into the. It's part of getting into the role of it. You feel a bit more, you know. Like, I definitely felt that when I was doing uh, yeah. Eugene with my beard. It was just like it, it instantly made me feel a bit more dirty. Just feel like so, a, like a diff- yeah, made me feel dirty. It made me feel yeah. like you know. It's, well, what were you eating all the time? Bugs and crap. Bugs, trash, bin juice, licking screens. Yeah, all all the usual stuff. Oh, the bin juice. No, no, no. So vile. But yeah, for me, uh, you can find me on Where? What Am I Rolling? Which is a twice-monthly RPG one-shot podcast. Uh, oh, we do I didn't get to do the joke. You didn't get to do the joke. Would you want to do the joke, Leo? No, it's, it's too You've late. you ruined it. I've ruined it. I've ruined it by going in with my own promo. But yeah, we've got uh, stuff coming out. Hopefully, Die, the RPG, is coming yeah. out now. I'm in the middle of editing it, so that's cool. good. Uh, got a few other bits and pieces. We've got Flabbergasted coming out, hopefully. We've recorded half of that, which is Indeed. fun. It's like a 1920s sort, of, uh, like, sort of like yeah. Jeeves and Worcester, mm. that sort of thing. Oh, I love uh, it. P.G. Woodhouse. Yeah, P.G. Woodhouse vibes, essentially. It's farcical. So farcical. It's oh, not as farcical as Idris Spy, but it's definitely that similar sort of vibes. Um, I really want to play Biasco because that has that. Yes. That sounds like really like a really good game. And mm-hmm. it has that very farcical, but mixed a bit with Ocean's Eleven sort of this, but I kind of really want to do that. Fiasco is great, and that's a really cool uh, GM-less game as well. Yeah. So I might, I might do that then on a 
too long didn't read rpg you should do that because i don't which a tldr everyone or if you didn't know uh idk what the fuck wtf uh, yeah but all, all the all of the if you if you if you are interested in learning some more about some some games quick fly every every so often you can find yeah, there's no schedule on the where twitch do you have the ability to save your Twitches? You I do. Yeah. I have, I've been saving them. I'm just tr- wondering what to do with them. So, yes, yeah, so a couple of weeks ago, I was like, I've got a bit of time between uh, stuff. And rather than just like I don't know, fall asleep. I've got time between my 14 different things I run every week. Yeah, I'm yeah. not going anywhere. So I thought I would like stream me running through, uh, reading through sort of quick starts, which is yeah. wonderful. Until uh, I realized that I might need to do a big disclaimer saying that I'm not sponsored by any of them at the beginning, which is quite funny. Um, but yeah, we've done a couple of them. I've, as I said, I've done the One Ring. Is we've it? done Fate Accelerated. We just did City of Mists, which is, I again, hadn't really read it through before. Really interesting. A little bit complex towards the end, where I was slightly dying a little bit. But I think once I watch a few actual plays and some how-to videos, it I is think... complicated. When we really did the, the, the other failed project, uh, that <laughs> it was this, it, it was very complicated. And there's a lot to sort of manage. And trying to build a world around that is actually quite complicated as well. Look, the setting and, and the concept behind it, I absolutely love. But then as yeah. soon as you get into the nitty gritty of it, like it's, it isn't a Powered by the Apocalypse game. Yeah. But then... Oh, it's very built on. It's not as basic as the original. There's some really cool elements to it as well. So yes, yeah, so we've done that. Um, I'm going to try and do one tonight, but I'm not entirely sure what RPG I will do. So we'll <laughs> have a little think about that. And uh, yeah, so that's been quite fun to do. I'm, I'm going to put them up on YouTube at some point. Please do. Whether they're full episodes... Or maybe if I try and chunk them down, because it ultimately ends up with two and a half, two and a half hours of me just chatting shit. Talking about beans. About beans. About me not liking certain things. Um, ignoring combat in a few of them, because <laughs> I was like, no, too difficult. Um, but yeah, just I thought I'm. Oh, definitely, they'll definitely yeah. be up on the YouTube at some point. Cool. And uh, there's no particular schedule just yet, because I'm still. It's summer. I don't know when I'm in and out, basically, because I try and do it just after five and then go it till about seven, because that's when I usually do stuff there. But yeah, yeah. that's the that's the plan for those. Um. Cool. Will it become a big thing? I don't know, but uh, it's it's quite enjoyable. It means I actually focus on reading some RPGs, which is always always good. Well, that is good, and I think the more you can do that, the better. Uh, and I think that's it for me. I don't think I have any other plugs or anything like that just now. Um, yeah, I think good. I'm, I'm good. Are you good? I'm done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm done. Back done. to work we go. Let's go. <laughs> well, how about it? I hope you enjoyed the rest of Stranger Things. Let me know how it goes. I'm um, looking forward to it. I literally now going to just watch it all day whilst I'm doing work. Basically, that's, that's yeah. That's that's. I think that's the best way of doing it. Just keep it on another screen and every time off, go. What's but that? my 160 percent glasses just came to the door about oh. two seconds ago, so I might try doing some painting of her face to see how good it is. Ooh, that'd be quite cool. It. I just want to test it. Enhance, <laughs> enhance. I can do the enhance. Well, thank you so much for listening, everyone, and we'll hopefully see you on the next time on DMs Book Club. But until then, see you. you. The flip, flip side. side. <laughs> I've seen. Have you seen that advert for that show? Never have I ever. No, what's that? It's one? on Netflix. It just comes up as like the immediate. You know, you get oh, an immediate no, I've advert. Oh no, I've not seen that. No, and no, it's no. like uh, some season. I don't know what it's. For. It seems like teenagers who are losing their virginity or something like that. And she has. She loses virginity. She goes, "Oh, we've done that." And she goes, and it's an all awkward. She goes, uh, "See you on the flippity flop," and then walks out oh, of the room. And no I was like, way. They did the thing. Oh no, are we are we cool now? I want a way to leave someone. Just like see you on the flippity flop. All right, right, the well, flippity there you flop. go. All right, we'll see you guys on the flippity flop. No, let's <laughs> not do that. Let's do the flip side. All right.